Welcome to Tapping Into Spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. We always begin by inviting spirit to join us in this conversation and guide our words and intentions so that we express things in a manner that is true and inspirational. And we are always thankful and extremely grateful for the opportunity to serve. I'm your co-host, Dr. Anthony Smith. And as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Zawadi Powell and Glenda Jones. In this episode, we're going to be exploring exactly what it means to pray. Why do we pray? What is the purpose? How do we know that we are achieving what it is that we are attempting to accomplish when we do pray? To set a foundation for this, we're going to use a story from the Tao. For those of you that don't know, the Tao is an ancient Chinese philosophy that has principles that speak to balance. The principles of yin and yang are a primary part of the Tao, and the goal is to always find ourselves living in harmony with the natural order that underlies the universe. So we're going to read this story and process it and think about it and talk about what it might mean and use that to then branch out and have a deeper discussion about this topic. So this story is called The Prayer of the Frog. When Brother Bruno was at prayer one night, he was disturbed by the croaking of a bullfrog. All his attempts to disregard the sound were unsuccessful, so he shouted from his window, Quiet! I'm at my prayers! Now, Brother Bruno was a saint, so his command was instantly obeyed. Every living creature held its voice to create a silence that would be favorable to prayer. But now, another sound intruded on Bruno's worship, an inner voice that said, Well, maybe God is as pleased with the croaking of that frog as with the chanting of your psalms. What can please the ears of God in the croak of a frog, was Bruno's scornful rejoinder. But the voice refused to give up. Why would you think God invented the sound to begin with? Bruno decided to find out why. He leaned out of his window and gave the order. Sing! The bullfrog's measured croaking filled the air to the ludicrous accompaniment of all the frogs in the vicinity. And as Bruno attended to the sound, their voices ceased to jar, for he discovered that if he stopped resisting them, they actually enriched the silence of the night. 
With that discovery, Bruno's heart became harmonious with the universe. And for the first time in his life, he understood what it meant to pray. Now, what do you all think about that story and how, what its meaning is and how it might apply to this concept of prayer? There is a symphony of prayers. We're not the only thing or beings that are praying. Hmm. Okay. And we are all connected, whether, whether it's human, plant, animal, all of it is connected. And as a human, we often feel like we're in charge of the earth. <laughs> right. That we, we're the owners and we orchestrate everything and we're the higher being and everything should submit and bow to us. But we're only part of a whole. And we really should begin to think about that as we live our daily life hmm. and, and in our prayer life. So are you saying that plants pray? Absolutely. They grow to the heavens. <laughs> when they don't, they die. <laughs> they grow up. So that's interesting because I was thinking about how prayer happens in so many different ways. And, you know, Bruno, he just had a terrible attitude. Like he really, for, for a saint or whatever he was supposed to be, he really just thought he was a man, right? right. And we always think that, like we think that the way we are taught to pray or the way we are taught to worship or the way we are taught to connect, has to be exactly the, the way that it was written or the way that it was told to us. And that whole, the whole ending part of the story where he said, um, where he ceased to resist the sound of the frog. To me, that is everything. Absolutely. Because prayer, of course, happens when, you know, plants grow, right? Like, like connection to the universal force that is God happens through song, through prayer, through thought through movement, through, you know, so many different ways. And so we're always looking for, you know, the steps, you know, like the prescribed method to connect. And that can be different for every person and also different in every moment. And I think that the idea ultimately is to live life as this living is a prayer. Absolutely. And so for me, even in intentionally praying or having a moment of prayer, the whole um, uh, core of it is is the energy that that's that's occurring. The 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 it's a, a reminder to connect in the way that we're really supposed to be connected constantly. Mm -hmm. I like what you said. That could be a tweet. Live life as if living is a prayer. Whoa! Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the only one. I wonder if there's anyone else with you all or anyone that's listening who has had a problem with how to pray hmm. and how are we supposed to pray? Hmm. Um, I've said before, I inherited Christianity and there's this formal way given honor to God. And the, you know, we, you start out very, very formal and there's certain, only certain people who are allowed to pray in church and they sound like they were, they were, they're very eloquent in what they said. And it was this certain order in which they prayed. And it took me a while to be confident enough to even pray. Oh. Because I felt like the way in which I learned to pray was the way prayer was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And 
So who came up with the rules for prayer? You know, that, that becomes the question. And I, and, I, and I think that's one of the, one of the lessons from this, the parable about Bruno is he began to understand, because I think he was rather arrogant and pompous in his belief that I am praying, so everybody, everything must be still and quiet because, oh, I'm praying and connecting. But the bullfrog is also praying and connecting. And who are you to tell the bullfrog to stop connecting with God in the way that the bullfrog does it? Absolutely. Right. Where do we get these rules and these prescriptions and why do we keep following them even when we practically think, does it make sense to continue to do so? And there is a place for it, you know, because as Glenda is mentioning, you know, that church inhibited her from praying. In my experience, um, because I wasn't raised as a child, you know, in the church, and I sort of decided to go and see what I could learn, um, the church taught me how to pray. And particularly with the whole speaking in tongues thing, um, where to me that was like almost, an amazing uh, experience of like almost speaking like the bullfrog, <laughs> you know, like you just like let it go. Like uh-huh. doesn't matter what you say, what sounds you make, how you sound. Nobody's judging you. Nobody's listening. Like you're just making sound in order to try and connect with God, trusting that your vibration will be heard. Mm, yeah. And so I think that, um, of course, these traditions can oppress us, you know, as you mentioned, and, you know, belittle us and keep us in a, a, a mold or a box. But then also there are those traditions that when taught in the right way can empower people and can help people, you know, who can't just freestyle it, you know, off the top of their head um, to have some kind of structure. So, like, where's the balance? You know, like, like we can't. Of course, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And that's not, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. My point was listening to people in church praying. Mm-hmm. And I did not have that. I didn't know how to do that. I felt like when I prayed, I needed to sound like them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that the, that church inhibited me. Mm-hmm. That was my own issue mm-hmm. was because I didn't know how to sound like the person who did the opening prayer in church or the the prayer that came before the sermon or the prayer that was done after the offering Mm -hmm. that my prayers were more God, I need some help. Like I felt like I'm talking to a heavenly parent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I'm talking to a heavenly parent, then I don't, do I really need to be formal? And I had to evolve to that. Mm -hmm. So in the same sense that I was kind of inhibited because I couldn't pray like the people who led church service, I also learned from that. Mm-hmm. So I feel exactly the way you do. I'm definitely not saying we need to throw it all out mm-hmm. because I learned from all of those experiences. Right. But there was a time that I asked my pastor uh, this whole thing about praying in the name of Jesus. So now this may bother some people. I'm just going to say this and warn you before I say it. (laughs) (laughs) So it was this praying in the name of Jesus. So in my head, 
I felt like I'm a child of God and I have a relationship with the creator. And Jesus claimed to be the son of God. Well, if I'm a child of God, then I'm a do the daughter of God. So Jesus is, to some degree, a sibling of mine. So do I need to ask Jesus in order for me to talk to God, my heavenly parent? Like I have an older brother. Do I have to talk to my brother before I talk to my mother or my father? Or can I talk to my heavenly parent on my own? And I didn't understand. Why am I praying? Is that a thing? Like you're really not supposed to talk to God? I, well, in the name of Jesus. Haven't you heard that after prayer over and over again in church? In Jesus, like, I give honor to Jesus when I think of the stories of the life of Jesus. I patterned my life after some of those stories. Mm -hmm. They're really great stories. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel like I have to talk to Jesus be, like, Okay, Jesus, I need you to give God this message for me. I need you to get God to help me. I think I should be able to go to my heavenly parent. So my pastor listened to me, and he kind of looked at me, and the answer was, well, Glenda, you don't. And to me, that was the first time I felt free enough to just talk to God openly, any way I wanted to, using any language I wanted to. Hmm. Because if it's true that God knows all and sees all and knows what I'm thinking, what am I hiding anyway? Hmm. What's up, God? Hey, right. God, what's up? Listen, right. listen. <laughs> hey, yo, you feel me? Roll right. me. Absolutely. <laughs> Everything is not cool today. Can you hook me up, man? <laughs> or a woman? Or a woman. Right. right. So that, that gets to the question that you brought up the idea of there being a right way to pray. Is there a right way to pray? Like, can you really talk to God in the way? Can you cuss to God? <laughs> Let's push the envelope and think outside the box. If God is everything, why can't you just keep it real and talk to God however you want to? I wouldn't cuss at God. But, <laughs> but if I was like, really? I don't know. I think, but, that, I think that most people probably try to practice some sort of reverence which, and, and uh, respectful language. Who determines um, what reverence and respectful is? And I, I assume that cursing would not, I think that everybody would kind of agree that cursing does not fit into. Well, let me, let me push that a little bit. Please do. Because who determined that ass is a curse word? Ass is in the Bible. Well, who it's in the Bible. The word ass is in the Bible. The word hell is in the Bible. And the word damn are all in the Bible. So, I don't so they must be okay. Yeah. For me, it, I don't think we need to use only the Bible as the authority. <laughs> no, we right? don't. But, it, it, so, but, but let's say shit. Like, who made the determination that shit was going to be an offensive word as opposed to chair? Well, you know what the interesting thing is to sort of bring it back to the whole speaking in tongues thing is that everyone praise in different languages, in different dialects, and with different, you know, vocabulary. And I think that what the bottom line is, is the energy and intention behind the prayer. Like, I think that that is really, regardless of, you know, if you are somebody who says F-U-C-K in the middle of your sentences, as you, every time you speak, and you can't stop saying that, but you're praying to God, and your intention is 
that you want, you know, um, your life to, to elevate or you want someone in your family to be safe or, you know, whatever your intention is, world peace, and you say F-U-C-K, I don't believe that the highest force in the universe is going to, to, to negate or not connect with that person who's giving off that vibration because the intention is the, the vibration, the, the, the energy that's coming off of the person is the vibration. And so it's really not my place to say, you know, whether people can curse and pray or what language is appropriate for prayer. I think you guys are right. There's really no one who can say that because each person's relationship with, with, with the universal force that is God is individual. Yeah, I just, I just try to keep it very practical. Like I'm, I'm interested in people questioning why we, and this is why we're doing this podcast, questioning why we do the things that we do and where did, where did we come to start doing these things and why do we continue to do them? We may still end up doing them, but we have an informed reason as to why we are progressing that way as opposed to just doing it because that's what mom and them said do. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, if everything is a constant state of prayer, if we were challenged a, a few years ago, I did this thing where I challenged people to live in a constant state of prayer for 90 days. <laughs> it was some, some, I don't know, some ideological thing that I was inspired to do. Who and, are you challenging? Um, friends? friends and family. They listen yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they did. People were inspired to join in. It was for my 40th birthday, and I was just inspired to do this thing, challenging people to live in a constant state of prayer. And so every day for 90 days at 12 p.m. noon Eastern time, I asked everybody to take a minute and just be in a state of prayer and to try to have a collective energy for all these people trying to move things forward for ourselves individually and collectively as a unit. Hmm. And it was quite an amazing experience because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, when you ask for something, and this is the power of prayer manifesting, right? When you ask for something, you better be ready for, <laughs> for what's about to come uh, because that 90 days brought some of the most amazing challenges in my life ever <laughs> and one day maybe negative? I'll, well i don't say negative because i think everything it, it builds right. and all of those experiences help to create the person that i am right. today so they weren't pleasant I'll, I'll say they weren't pleasant or fun to go through well that's and, what people were praying for to happen to you <laughs> Ooh, that's a scary thought. And maybe, yeah, maybe some people that were angry or upset or didn't like me were, were in fact doing that. Or maybe it was an opportunity for you to grow. Which is what I'm getting at, right? right? So I don't call it negative because mm-hmm. I was able to live through those challenges and work a process and tap into spirit and grow mm-hmm. and overcome that mm-hmm. in a very miraculous way. Mm-hmm. So looking back on it now... Mm-hmm. I can appreciate it and be very grateful that I had those experiences. But trust me, in the moment, I was like, yo, 
what in the world? Like, Why is this happening to me? Get me out of here. Everybody stop. So in that, you had to really pray continuously. I had to. I, had to. I can remember a process of praying without ceasing was something that we did as a group at one point, and it was hourly hmm. to pray without ceasing. I've also had where my grandmother was going through a surgery that had a 20% success rate, and I called my family members to pray twice a day at the same time, mm-hmm. Eastern time, no matter where they were in the country. Mm-hmm. And she made it through this surgery wow. that only had a 20% success rate. Right. Mm-hmm. My family did a, a seven-day ancestral prayer to elevate a spirit that we were all having sightings of, and we knew that that spirit was in limbo, and we um we would meet every evening um, to light candles and pray for that spirit to go to God. Um, and so I think the group, group prayer is very, very powerful. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of people that I've been talking to have been reporting um, sometimes having uncomfortable experiences after initiations, rituals, um, intense spiritual prayer meetings, um, all night prayer, you know, at, at churches. Like it seems that whenever people open up their channels or tap in um, to a, a true, a truly intense spiritual experience, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. all your stuff kind of comes out. Right. And you can't hide from it any right. longer. Right. And it's uncomfortable and you're forced to sort through it. And um, it's interesting to see how people associate prayer and connection with God with a comfortable, lovely, you know, flower scented. Right. right. <laughs> time period mm-hmm. that, you know, almost like this heaven, you know, experience, this expect, expectation of euphoria. And from my experience, connection with spirit and connection with God and these intense spiritual experiences has sometimes yielded the opposite, a very mm-hmm. uncomfortable space where you are, you know, strongly confronted with yourself in, in, in order to to, to elevate you and, and make you evolve to be higher than, than where you were before you entered. Absolutely. And that's what I mean when I say be careful what you ask for because <laughs> that 90-day period, I, I had a friend who said to me, man, when you said that to me, I said, this, this cat right here, he must be off his rocker because when you pray for strength, you have to have experiences that are going to build the strength. I don't pray. Yeah. So, I stopped praying for strength a long yeah. time ago. I'm good with that. Thank you, God. I got all the strength I need. And so mm. I, I, um, I, I got experiences that challenge, am I going to stay committed to this process? I literally got put in jail in the midst of this 90-day oh, period. <laughs> like, I've never been in trouble with the law ever. And some coincidence, not coincidence, experience happened. And I end up in jail with the orange jumpsuit on, oh. handcuffs, the whole nine. And Did you keep it, praying? I did. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm getting to. I was sitting You know, the, some people would have got mad at God. No. And there's people who do that. They, you know, they pray for something. Well, he something. asked for continuous prayer. He's saying continuous prayer. Right. Well, if you were put in that situation, you have to continuously pray. Right. Like any time that you're challenged, whenever we are at our lowest point, our weakest point, 
the times that things are the most difficult, that's when we typically call on the spirit realm. More so than when everything is going very well and smooth and we, it's euphoric. Mm-hmm. We seem to call and we seem to learn more in those times. So I get it. I see why you were thrown in jail. Because your ass needed to be reminded. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. Well, I was doing it. But that just said, I'm going to see if you're really going to do it. And so I sat in there in the jail cell and I prayed. And, you know, fortunately, I didn't have to stay in there for for long. It was probably three or four hours. Um, Things worked out even in that situation. Because had it been a different day, I would have been in there three or four, you know, over the weekend. But I was there, I was down I was there with my attorney and you know we worked it out and so but it still caused me some trauma like it took me a, a good six months to get over that like mm-hmm. I whenever if I saw somebody in in a jumpsuit on TV it, it was like it came back and it, it was look like a it convict was, it was tra- <laughs> <laughs> but to me to me that is um something that they talk about in Ifa when they talk about the energy of Eshu. And the way that sometimes you can ask for something and Eshu can kind of say, oh, really? That's what you want? And how um, Eshu can be a trickster energy that um, forces you to learn the lesson outside of the words that you're speaking, outside of your conceptual or hypothetical understanding of it. Eshu, that energy gives you the life experience, the harsh sometimes life experience that will put you into that understanding. And that's what that reminds me of, like, you know, with good intention, you know, with good intention, almost like the, the, the tough love that your mother gives, you know, where it, it, it hurts you. It, 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 it forces you to grow with pain. And I think that those lessons are oftentimes the ones that, that give us the most bang for our buck. But know? is there growth without some pain? I think, you know, people are very, I, 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 in studying people, I like just watching people and observing what we do as human beings. And like you said earlier, how we want to pray and have everything just be perfect mm-hmm. with no pain and no trauma. But really, that's not what this life existence is about. And in order for us to get to places that we want to go, we have to learn some difficult, hard lessons because life is about balance. And so if we're really, so one of the things I say, I want my children to fail. And people always go, oh, my God, why would you say you want your children to fail? Because I understand that they are in the process of growing on their respective paths. And through their failure, they're going to learn some very valuable things that are going to progress them as they move forward. And I've watched that happen with them. And I've certainly seen it happen in my life. So that 90-day period, when I reflect back on that, I can say, yes, it wasn't a negative situation, going back to your original question. It wasn't a negative situation. It was a situation that allowed me to grow and progress and tap into spirit in what seemed like a very taxing, forlorn moment. How am I ever going to get out of this? I was able to tap into what I committed to and come out on the other side. And now that experience serves me to this day. 
it made me strong, mm-hmm. you know, and so I'm grateful for that. Now, if you ask me, do I want to go through that again? <laughs> Probably not. But really, if I want to be my best self, I should be saying, yes, send me more. No, not like that. Right. <laughs> Don't be careful. No. <laughs> Get what I'm saying now. Right. It's the same way I was saying I want my children to fail. Yeah, we have regrets or we look back and we say, if I hadn't taken that turn, everything would have been, you know, so much easier. If I hadn't done this, if I hadn't done that. But it is true that a lot of the things that we have done and we have experienced a lot of the um, difficult times have built our character to become who we are right now. And so if we are celebrating who we are and we are pleased with it, then yes, absolutely, the experiences that we had leading up to this point in time were all very valuable. Um, what is it that we pray for that we don't go through something? Like if you pray for patience, then your patience has to be tested in right. order to grow. Right. If you pray for wisdom, then you're going to go through some stuff to learn some really difficult lessons. If you pray for strength, you're going to go through something that's going to happen. What doesn't kill you will make you stronger. You know, this I, I don't know what you can really pray for when it comes to attributes to improve your, your personality, who uh, you are. I, I pray for money sometimes in my, my ancestors be hooking me up. <laughs> and sometimes we go through and something like that. To, no, sometimes I don't have to go through anything. It just shows But have you always nowhere. not had to go through something? Because I remember in a not too distant history where you were worrying about money. And you were praying about it. I and you were worry and pray. <laughs> but then it came through. But so I'm saying there's a trial often. Right. And so that, that moves to another area of why do we pray? And then why do we worry? Like if we pray and we're trusting in spirit and we believe, and we really certainly feel like our prayers are going to be answered or are going to manifest, what are we tripping about? Why are we worried? But yet we do that. And again, studying humans, we do this. Mm -hmm. I do this. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm like, okay, how many times have I seen miracles manifest in my life? Yeah. How many times have I fervently prayed and and, and saw something just boom? Why? Simple things to to more complex things. And yet, here I am at another occasion going, oh, how is this going to work out? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like every single time you have to push through this this area, this time period of not having faith or of fear or of, you know, worrying that maybe my prayers may not manifest. Did anybody hear me? And, <laughs> and um, you know, the thing that's always interesting for me because I like to try to tap into the entities in nature, um, believing that Orisha is in nature and not only in, you know, shrines or in Ile's. Um, and I was told that, um, one of the, one of the things about it is when you go to the river to pray and you pray, you really could just be standing there by the river praying because if you don't feel a shift in the energy or you don't feel a presence or you don't feel like something is, someone is listening to you, then you don't necessarily know that you have connected with that entity. And I think that um, that feeling of connecting with an entity is the thing that has kind of given me more faith um, because I, I'm starting to know the feeling. Like I'm starting to be familiar with 
that feeling of like, okay, you know, I, I started and I kept going. You can't even be saying the same thing over and over again, you know, and if you keep going, you're building up this sort of um, energy and then you can feel a shift. And if you, when you do that, for me, at least it, um, it helps me to feel more, more faithful the next time around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then maintaining that so that you don't have to ever fall back into a space of worry or doubt, mm -hmm. being able to always walk with the knowing that everything is all right. Mm -hmm. and everything is as it needs to be, mm -hmm. even if I can't see it, even if it seems impossible right now, it's all good. I know a lady like that, Miss Geneva, she'd be like, baby, Jesus is on the throne. <laughs> she just walks around like that all the time, and it's just amazing to me. Oh, old lady over at Central, and um, yeah, it, it's, when you see it, it, it happens, though. And I can't say that I'm there. I'm definitely not there. So what do you think it would take for people to get there? Or is it something? You know how people say once we reach a certain, once people reach a certain age, they say whatever they want. They, they don't care anymore. Right. They lose their filter. Right. They, they lose their filter. Just whatever comes out, comes out. Is it possible to gain that earlier in life? Where we, where we aren't so concerned with what people are going to think about us or what people are going to say about us, that we are true to us. What if we're not supposed to? Not supposed to what? Be like the old people when we're young. <laughs> what if we have to go through this phase of being uncertain and doubting and what if this is all part of that lesson? And what if it's part of the programming that we've been programmed to be concerned about what people think? Well, that's the chicken and the egg. <laughs> <laughs> because I believe a lot of times we've been programmed, like, I love fashion, but who says you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day? Mm -hmm. Like, what difference who does it make? Right. right. And you can't wear it before Memorial Day. Like, what, what difference? It's white. <laughs> or just different rules. So I believe that an attribute can be gained at any stage of life. Right. And there's no certain order in order to get whatever attributes there are. And once you say you've gained this attribute, you will be tested. Mm -hmm. Because until you've had to use it more than once, you don't even know you have it. Mm -hmm. You think you do. Oh, yeah, I got that. I learned from that. But okay, well, then let me take you back through that. Right. You say you learned it? Let me see if you really did. Right. So. I laugh when I hear people say that now. Because I, I, I used to do that too. And then life kept knocking me upside the head. And I said, oh, I see this pattern. Let me not, let me just be like, okay, yeah, I appreciate that experience. I learned some things. But, you know, it may come around again. And, but, you know, I don't want it to. And I'm not going to be like, I got it. You say, oh, oh, you got it? Okay, let's see. Well, well, Oh, maybe not. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I just kind of smile to myself when I hear people say that now because I'm like, okay, we'll see. Yeah. We shall see. Mm. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so prayer as a manifestation of what it is that you want, what right. it is that you're trying to attain. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Is because there, why, why pray if you're not 
if you're not trying to attain something, there's really no reason. What is the purpose? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, prayer could be for th- being thankful. Mm-hmm. But that's still an attainment of a change in, um, um, you know, your your persona or um, even being thankful, though, sometimes we're, we're saying thank you just because. That is true. Um, but sometimes we're saying thank you in hopes of receiving again. <laughs> um, and so, um, but I think that, I think there is something though to it, to praying to, for manifestation, which when you move into sort of the area of like spiritual alchemy and people trying to use word sound power or vibration mm-hmm. in order to make things begin to occur in their life. And um, I think that sometimes when, when we don't see prayer manifesting or we don't see things um, beginning to occur, uh, we, I've, I've seen people get very, very frustrated. And um, I think that for me, it's very important for people to discover their effective method of connecting because sometimes speaking prayer, like word prayer, does not work for everybody. Right. Like some people mm-hmm. have done prayer through yoga or through dance or, you know, um, you know, any, any type of movement. Um, some people do prayer through a bow, right? Through, um, you know, offerings. Um, there's, I mean, there's just so many ways to connect and I, I, I qualify them all as prayer. And I think different people have different ways of being able to manifest things in life through connection. And we shouldn't assume that just by asking God or just by speaking that that is going to be the method that works for us. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I think we don't give enough consideration to all the different ways there are to pray and the energy that goes into sending that force out. Even the concept of affirmations. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the ritual of affirming to your subconscious repetitively, I am wonderful, I am whole, I am perfect, I am harmonious with the universe. Right. That does something to build the inner self-consciousness up and allow you to be in a space of love and confidence as opposed to you're nothing. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm not going to be successful. Uh, I don't look good. Nobody's going to like me all the negative messages that sometimes we're socialized and fed into our life that take us out of that domain. And so it's important to have those ritualistic aspects because they serve a purpose while at the same time, you know, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater at the same time, not just doing it because it's just something to do, right? Having an intention behind it that moves you forward. Yeah. So I've kind of done that. It was an exercise I thought about when I was really young. I learned to say my grace. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Versus being an adult and really thinking about what does it mean. And so the act of eating Mm-hmm. And tasting every mm-hmm. bite right, right. and every single item on my plate, enjoying it. And that was prayer. Mm-hmm. That was a prayer of thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Right. And really being present in the moment, in the moment mm-hmm. of enjoying mm-hmm. 
what had to die for me to live. Because every day that we live, something dies, even if you're vegan. <laughs> right, even if you're vegan. Every day we live, something dies. The broccoli. So that was an exercise in prayer, an active prayer. And I think that we can do that. And so driving along in the car and being able to get from point A to point B alive. Right. And maybe even partially sane. Sometimes <laughs> the other drivers drive you crazy, but even that. Rolling. Right. <laughs> Act of worship and pray, mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. So, I think that um, it's really important too for people when thinking about like praying to manifest things. Like, if something is not working for you, like you have to switch <laughs> because I can't tell you how many people I've run into who are like, "I'm praying for a husband. I'm praying for a husband. I'm praying for a husband." They've been praying for like eight years. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to my Ile and I work with this Babala and, you know, I want my life to change. I want my life to change. My life is getting worse. It's getting worse. You know? It's changing. And I'm like, well, uh, yeah, like, this That's is changing. not working for you. Like, can you go do something else? Like, maybe you need to chant in Sanskrit or maybe you need to, you know, like, there's so many different tools out here. I think that sometimes, like, depending on what religion we grew up with or even what religion our friends are doing, we can get like stuck in things, like stuck in certain methods of prayer or even certain religious practices. And then if it's not manifesting something for you or you don't see the change happening, then, you know, you need to let that go (laughs) and go and do something else. And I also believe it's important to be very specific in your manifestation of whatever it is you're trying to manifest. So when the person says, I want a husband. Maybe you need to be praying that you're going to be prepared to be a wife. Right. Instead of so manifesting need, this man. You need to go to therapy. Because you work on yourself. Like, what's up with you? <laughs> that nobody wants to marry you or be with you. Like, what's, what's up with you? Or maybe there was someone, and because you weren't prepared, you didn't see that person right. that, the, that the creator sent your way. Mm-hmm. Like, being real, so I'm with you on that, Zawadi. Being very, very specific. Mm-hmm. Like you want change in your life. Well, what is that change that you want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then is the your your spiritual method of connection? Is it enhancing your request? Is it are you? Is that what is going to help you to get there? Or do you need some other different spiritual experience that? is going to do something that is going to help you in another way. Because from my experience, all the different um, methods and tools that are in the world, they've had a different effect on me. And I feel like I learned different lessons in different places. And sometimes um, I, I really think that prayer should be effective. You know, spiritual practice should be effective. Even if your life is changing in ways that is challenging you, if you don't see the purpose in it or it's not getting, you know, better or after a certain time period hasn't worked for you, then it's okay, you know, to switch your method of prayer. Like you don't have to, you know, recite psalms or you don't have to, you know. Be um, open yeah, to like, doing more than just. Maybe you're not supposed to be, you know, right. a, a, a Buddhist. Maybe you're supposed to be a Muslim, you know, like like everyone I think has to sort of find their space that really works for them and maybe for me it's singing you know I love to sing and pray that connects me you know I can't sit still (laughs) 
pray, you know, for hours. Uh, you know, I went out, dropped out of Dr. Smith's challenge. <laughs> Can't do 90 days, but, you know, if I can sing, then. So, I mean, I think everybody has to really find, like, what do you do? And then what is the outcome? You know, have you have you seen it be effective? Or is it just some kind of practice that somebody told you to do that you don't feel connected to? And you're not really activating any spiritual energy or any manifesting anything in, in your world. Mm-hmm. I believe the language is very important. The, mm-hmm. the words that we speak. So thoughts become things. And so a lot of times we manifest what we don't want because we concentrate on our lack mm-hmm. more so than what it is our desired outcome. Right. Mm-hmm. And we really need to think about the language, the words, because their vibrations, those vibrations matter. They have energy. And that's real important. And how about, um, I think it was um, someone who, I think it was an Obatala priestess who told me there is a disconnection. This was when I was crazy. There's a disconnection between your head and your soul. And you have to get your head in alignment with your soul. And as I've grown, I've started to understand that that means that I can be praying and speaking things from my head, but the vibration I'm sending from my soul can be the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so you can see people saying, oh, you know, I wish I could find that special someone, you know, to be in my life. I really want them. And their soul is saying, bitches ain't shit. You know, like, <laughs> all these coochies out here ain't nothing. You know, none of them deserve me. And so we we find like, if, if the vibration that you're giving off with the words doesn't match the vibration that you're giving off with your spirit, then your prayers may be ineffective because you are sending, you are, you are living a contradiction right. to the things that you're praying for. Right. That, that is probably one of the largest things that I see in my practice uh, for people dealing with whatever issue they're dealing with. Because mm-hmm. fundamentally, it's speaking, you're, you're talking about cognitive dissonance, right? Oh, um, it wow. is a, a disconnect between um, a way, so thoughts and actions. I, I, I say it as values and actions. You say one thing, but you're doing another. Mm-hmm. And those things aren't lining up. So that creates problems because there's a disconnect. It creates dissonance. So Something's got to change, either the thoughts or the actions, the values. And it's not my job to tell you which one it is. I don't really care. It's your life. You got to decide for you how you want to walk it. But if you say this is how you want to live your life, Mm -hmm. then your actions should be consistent with doing that. Yes. Right. Um, And that's easier said than done because I can attest to the fact that sometimes it's hard to see yourself. And sometimes you can be behaving in ways and speaking in other ways and not realize until somebody comes and pulls your card that, hey, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and hence the, hence the necessity of having therapy, right? Uh-huh. Or somebody, somebody that you trust that can not just be a, oh, yeah, yeah, girl, you're right, you're right. right. But you're going to keep it real with you and say, oh, Dr. Smith, please. <laughs> or, or, or at least have friends in your life who are going to keep it real and uh-huh. tell you, Yo, right now, you ain't, that ain't cool. Right. And you, you are, there's a disconnect between what you're saying and what you're doing. Yes. But we, a lot of times, don't want to rock the boat. And 
to be honest, people don't want their boats right. right. They want to be right. where they are and be in a space right. of just whining and complaining about right. it. And people in my life know if you come ask me, I'm going to give it to you straight. No chaser and keep it real with you. I don't have to share my opinion. I never will volunteer information, or at least I try not to volunteer any unsolicited information. But if you ask, and if you ask several times, I'm going to tell you what I honestly think. And you should receive that. I believe if your friend, somebody that loves you, is giving you information that you honestly trust and believe in, they are going to give you information that's going to be for your edification, for your growth, for your, you know, your, your transformation. They're not going to be telling you things to tear you down. And if you, if they are, then you need to get some friends. You need to friends. You need to assess what the word friends means. Well, some people just think everybody's jealous even when everybody's right. There's that too. But then that, that person has some inner work they need to do. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, there's, so I wanted to bring up one other thing related to prayer and the, or, or changing because we have all these parables. And I think that you look across spiritual um, systems or disciplines and everybody teaches through various parables. So, for instance, in the Bible, you have the parable of Job, who is afflicted with all these horrible things. And he suffers through this stuff for 40 years. And everybody, all his friends are like, oh, you need to curse God. His wife is like, oh, you need to curse God. He's got sickness. He's got all his land, all his material possessions are gone for 40 years. Like, yo, we can't even deal with 40 hours right. of pain. <laughs> right. Right. Yo, we need to get, ah, take me a cow, take me away. 40 years. So do we have the discipline to just stay in the midst of turmoil and tragedy and, and, and uncomfortableness? Do we have the wherewithal to stay, especially in today's society? We, we want that quick fix tomorrow, like make it better tomorrow. So the balance is how long do you stay versus when is the time to switch it up and do something different? You, you follow what I'm saying? Right. Um, I do. I do. I believe that um, that can be really very challenging to know when to when to walk away, when to run, know when, <laughs> you know, when to hold them, know when to walk away. No, and there are times we have to stay in that uncomfortable situation longer than we want to, and before the desired outcome happens. Right and. I don't know that there's a formula that you can go by. I believe that in each individual's life and situation, you have to know um, what's right for you. Where I may say, look, I couldn't deal with that. Well, maybe Zawadi could. Or maybe you can. Or that, I don't believe that there's a, a, a formula for it. I think, I think that brings us to the title of our podcast. Tapping into spirit. And everybody has to do that for themselves. I don't yes. think that that is something that you can allocate to someone else to do for you. You have to know how to tap into your spirit so that you are moving in alignment with what is best for you. Whether that be staying for 40 years or bouncing in 40 minutes. That's me. 
right? <laughs> you have to know what it is for you. I'm bouncy. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> That's okay. That's people should. But um, I think that um, also in tapping into spirit, it's really important to be open within yourself um, to allow yourself the freedom to do strange things, to do things that are out of the ordinary, to experience things that maybe your parents don't agree with, <laughs> to do things that um, are, you know, not what you, the religion or the, the, the method you were taught, you know, as a child um, to, and to do, do so carefully, you know, um, in entrusted environments. Um, but I think that for me, a lot of the, the ways that I've, I've been able to tap in and connect have come from um, things that other people would not necessarily understand or think were cool or, you know, um, maybe, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I'm with you on that, July. Like, you know, maybe I have to spin around and get dizzy, you know, before I, I can really access, you know, the other realm. And um, going, you know, I've gone out in the rain, you know, and prayed in the rain. You know, it's not comfortable, but it there's something that it does for me that really helps me to to connect. And so I think people really have to start getting out of their comfort zone if, as we look more and more for more authentic and more um, sus, um, sus, sustenance or um, substance-filled spiritual experiences. Um, I think it's really important to, to be open-minded and, and try new things. And tell people in North Carolina, if it's thunder and lightning, don't pray in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get hit by lightning. Right. Unless you have faith that you'll be protected. Right. Or maybe you're supposed to get hit by lightning. I'm going to go indoors. Y'all go out there. Somebody has a little bit of like to get hit by lightning. I wish I know. Can I have some of your clothes if you don't make it? I'm good. Let's lay hands on you. All right. We've had a good time discussing this topic, and we hope that you all have enjoyed listening. And um, we're going to start moving forward, um, answering questions that we've been getting from people. So if there are some questions that come up, and I know there's some terminology we may be using, we'll be sure to uh, break some of that terminology down in some of our podcasts moving forward so that everybody knows what it is we're talking about um, and it's clear. But if you have questions, please contact us and let us know what they are, and we will you know, read them on air and, and deal with those questions as well. So, as always, we just want to leave you um, uplifted and in a space of thinking outside the box. Remember, don't be afraid of change or learning something new. Continue to evolve, continue to transform, and continue to thrive. See you next time. Spirit said, don't give up. Yes, it's time to stop your falling. You've been down long enough.
Yeah.